That's my bedtime. Welcome to the Sem Says Podcast, the podcast where seminarians say what's said at the Sem. I'm your host, Nikolai Brolinski. I'm Andrew St. Dennis. I'm, and I'm Drew Tangway. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So we're back together at the very beginning of our latest semester, spring of 2023. It's really winter, so I don't know why we call it the spring semester, honestly. We're just waiting for it to warm up. Nicola. Yeah. It's because winter is split between the two semesters. And so both it's, semesters can be the winter semester. But it's not spring. But also, like, at other right universities now. and things like that, there's a winter semester where it's just four weeks. Oh, shoot. Yeah. I thought everybody did the same thing we do. Yeah, a little bit. Okay. <laughs> Every, everyone wakes up in the morning, puts a dress on, and goes sit in the chapel for two hours before they would start the day. <laughs> what did they do at Bloomsburg, then? Oh, you, you, you didn't wake know. up at 6 a.m. to... Well, I did. Okay. I do actually remember, speaking of what other colleges do, when I was scheduled to go into the seminary, uh, my, we were having my 18th birthday party, and my one brother had been in college for a while, and he was like, Drew, I'm going to give you some advice. Don't sign up for the morning classes, because you're going to think it's going to be a great idea, you'll get all your classes out of the way in the morning, you'll have the rest of the day free, but you just won't go. And I told him... We have to be in chapel every morning at 7. He was like, oh, well, have a nice life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I wish someone would have given me that advice before I went to college. Because mm-hmm. when I went as a senior in high school to go sign up for my first semester of classes, I thought, oh, this will be great. I'll have all my classes done before lunch. and I have all afternoon, all evening off. Until I realized I don't wake up until 9 a.m. And I already missed one class. And I'm not ready to go to the next one. No. Not fun. (laughs) Sorry, Mom and Dad. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're here now where missing classes is not tolerated. I've been to every class. (laughs) No, but at this point of seminary, yeah, seven years in, pat on the back um i don't know waking up at six like isn't a big deal anymore no like being class at 8 50 not that difficult um, no we oh. still complain we still complain <laughs> oh planning it's not difficult <laughs> uh, uh, a couple summers ago i was at my first parish assignment and mass every morning was at 8 30 and That's so luxurious yes yes i felt very <laughs> pampered um and so i i didn't have to get up until like seven o'clock seven thirty and so one time I was I was hanging out with some friends and they're like, Oh, Drew, like we should we know that like you have to get up every morning. So like do you have to like get going soon? I was like, Oh no, like I I can leave pretty much whenever. I mean I I don't have to get up until seven thirty tomorrow. And they're like, Drew, that's really early. <laughs> I was like, Oh yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. Do some of your friends not wake up in the morning? Do they just sleep forever? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, they're, like, fresh out of college. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, like, work all night. Yeah. And sleep all day. Yeah. My friends are all lumberjacks. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> Though some oh, of them goodness. do wear flannel. <laughs> One of them is named Tree. One of them is named Tree, but he wakes up early. <laughs> <laughs> he has a real job. <laughs> <laughs> So before we get into this newest semester, uh, how was Christmas break? 
good. Good. It was okay. Fantastic. No, it was really good. It was really good. Yeah. Um, what was your highlights? Um, a couple of highlights for me. Uh, just every time I get the chance to go home, just be with my family, um, mm. especially since living two hours away from home, living at the seminary, and don't have the luxury of just being able to leave you know, whatever weekend I want like I used to back in college. So having the opportunity to be home, spend time with my siblings, with my parents, was wonderful. Yeah. Um, over over New Year's, uh, Nikolai was gracious enough to invite invite us uh, to his grandparents' house for for a couple days, just to have the chance to hang out, go for some hikes, eat some food, sit around, watch some movies. And it was a wonderful time. Just time of real fraternity and friendship. It was wonderful. Yeah. No, I, I really enjoy that. Like, for the last few years, my grandma has been so gracious to be like, oh, yeah, you could, like, have this condo and, like, invite your friends over. And it's it's great because, like, I am so far away from my home. Typically, like, I can't have my seminary friends come, you know, drive eight hours to come visit me. <laughs> but 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 my grandmother's house is, is more local, so it's, it's a little bit easier. So it's just, like, such a blessing for me to have a place that I can go and, and invite friends to. And, yeah, I, like... It's something I look forward to every every year that I'm able to to do that. Drew, what highlights did you have from a Christmas break? Honestly, most of the break was was pretty relaxed. Mostly just kind of hung out at home. Yeah, kind of like recuperated, recovered from last semester was a little busy. Getting ready for this semester, which is less busy but has some some trickiness to it. But really, the the highlight for me was. My friend from college seminary, Ben, uh, got married, mm. and then right after that, I went on my uh, canonical retreat to prepare for ordination to the diaconate, so mm. that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, nice. yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, some of us got to go to our friend Ben's wedding, and it's one of the only times that a wedding has been in our chapel at the seminary, St. Martin's Chapel. It's pretty infrequent, but because, you know, he had formerly been a seminarian before discerning out, he had this connection here. Because they have a connection with the seminary, they're able to have the, the wedding here, which, like, maybe for some people, they think, like, that's awkward. Like, well, we shouldn't have a wedding at the seminary. But for for me, and I think hopefully for everybody else, it was so beautiful to be like, wow, like, here's a man who's found his vocation. And, you know, he was our classmate here, so... I don't know. It, it all comes together. <laughs> it's like every once in a while we'll have guests in the chapel and they'll bring kids and like little kids. And so they'll at some point or another, they'll start crying. Uh, they'll start making noise. And I think honestly, most of the seminarians here, rather than finding it to be a distraction or just like very like overjoyed to like hear the sounds of a human life. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. as much as we love our, our quiet prayer time and like keeping the sanctity of the chapel and the mass and like how important that is to us uh to build up a prayer life here it is really wonderful just to see the reality of of humanity yeah yeah i mean what parish are you going to go to that doesn't have crying babies you know (laughs) a dying one (laughs) yeah so on a a really really sad note about Uh a a little over a year ago uh Hmm. deacon kevin key got me into disc golf Okay. You can you can either love me or hate me for that, and that's right. okay. But I lost two discs over the course of break oh. at two different courses. 
One went straight into a creek, will never be seen again. I loved that driver. <laughs> and the first driver I ever owned, just gone. It, it hit a tree and disappeared. I searched in the woods for almost an hour, and it's gone. That's funny. I'm glad my misery is <laughs> right, so here's, here's why it's funny to me. The first two discs that I ever owned were ones that I found, like, in the woods and in a creek. Were they orange? <laughs> was the one orange and the other one white? Because those are so. mine. <laughs> this was, like, in high school. <laughs> Did you throw your discs back in time? And also to North Carolina. <laughs> I didn't know. I know. I'm not that good. <laughs> We're bad, apparently. <laughs> I'm very bad at it. Well, yeah, that's tough. <laughs> it is crazy, though. Christmas this year did kind of hit different. Because Nikolai can probably relate that this is... both For both of us, this is our last Christmas as laymen that from here on out christmas is not going to be a time of sleeping in after going to the midnight mass and opening presents and hanging out with family in your pajamas it's going to be about work work (laughs) and more work (laughs) well because we'll be deacons god willing and creek not rising (laughs) you are from north carolina aren't you yeah if we're ordained deacons in, in May, as as we anticipate being, next Christmas we'll be deacons and be somewhere preaching and serving and whatever. What do deacons do? <laughs> 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 but, yeah, I mean, you're right. I think for the last maybe three years, every Christmas, myself, I come home, all my siblings are at home, and every Christmas, my mom has been like, this is the last time we'll all be together for Christmas. <laughs> and I'm like, mom, okay, relax. <laughs> but but I think it was real this time, in, in a way. Yeah, so I mean, of course we get time off with our families, but but Christmas itself, I think, will probably cease to be that. Yeah. I got one more, so <laughs> I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, my family's kind of at that point, too, where... Mm. Very rarely are are all of us present for a holiday. Hmm. On both sides of my family, we tend to spread out a lot. And so my brothers are like in like New York and Florida Hmm. and Alaska. (laughs) 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 And so it's not too likely. Yeah, no, like literally. So it's pretty unlikely that all four of us will be together with any amount of regularity. Hmm. Uh, So it, it really makes you appreciate when mm. you do get to see, when you do get to see them, yeah, uh, it means a lot. That's good. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and I get that too. Not to make light of people's sentimentality. It's just, I just find it funny when, like, when you think like this is the last time, and it's really not. <laughs> I don't know. Well, speaking of last times, yeah, I went on my last uh, seminary run retreat. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Just a couple weeks ago. And uh, you guys went on your first, uh, what are called canonical retreats. So maybe, Drew, could you explain you know, what is a canonical retreat? Like, why is it called that? Yeah, so previously on the SemSaz podcast, uh, retreats are a time where we retreat from the troubles of the world and our daily lives and have some, some time, however long it is, sometimes a day, sometimes a week, sometimes a month, however long and we spend that time dedicated in prayer 
Um, there's often periods of silence so that we can like really just dig in on the meditation uh, and not be distracted by like our phones or uh, emails. Most people try to turn those off as much as possible. Yes, yeah, so canonical retreats, essentially uh, one of the requirements of being ordained is that you take a retreat beforehand. The, the requirement is that it be five days long. And that's the end of the requirements. <laughs> so it's called canonical because it's in the canon law. Right. Yeah, canon law requires five-day retreat. The general assumption is that those five days should be dedicated to prayer focused on the ordination that's coming up. Mm. Uh, and essentially, the, the reason why it's in the law is just to make sure that like, you've really thought this out, you've really brought it to prayer, right. you've spent like a considerable amount of time... like just really digging into this and really talking with God about hmm. your future, whether that be as an ordained man or elsewhere. Yeah, so that's kind of like, bare minimum, that's what it entails. Yeah. So for me, my spiritual director from college, so the, the priest in charge of um, helping me get used to the life of prayer in seminary and really developing my own spiritual life, his name is Father Finn. And he recently moved to California because he's part of an order. So I decided I really wanted my retreat to be with him. So I, I flew out to California just outside uh, San Francisco and went to St. Patrick's Seminary. Really beautiful campus. Mm. Very, very nice seminary. I didn't get to see a ton of the seminarians. Um, they were like just starting their retreat on my last couple days. And so... I got to talk with, like, one guy. <laughs> um, gotcha. But, yeah, it, very beautiful. Um, and, yeah, spent some time reconnecting with Father, and he did a, a really excellent job. He prepared conferences uh, and meditations for me to work on so that I had a very good grasp on what it is I'm getting into in May. <laughs> mm. Nice. That's awesome. What did you do, Nikolai? So I went with four of my diocesan brothers, and we went out to Loretto, Pennsylvania. Quick sidetrack, Loretto is, like, so interesting because it's, <laughs> it's in the middle of nowhere, like, you know, in the middle of Pennsylvania. It seems like this little town just kind of, like, in the mountain range, mm -hmm. but it's got two Catholic universities, a monastery, a convent, a minor basilica, like a servant of God is buried there. It's just, it's just this weird, like tiny little Catholic world. Wait, is Prince Galitzin a servant of God? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, because there's a cause for his canonization. I, I believe so. Yeah, I'll oh, double check, wow. but I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just really neat. So the monastery that I mentioned is the Third Order Regular uh, Franciscans. So they wear like the black habits um, with the white cord and. They have a lot of guest houses, so they gave us like a guest cottage of where we stayed in, and one of the priest friars gave our retreat, and so we used like the chapel at St. Francis University. We got to visit the monastery a little bit. A couple of us visited the basilica, but the main focus of the retreat was going through the rite of ordination to the diaconate. So we kind of talked about like, okay, what is diaconate at the heart? It's about service Christ the servant so we talked about uh, Jesus washing the feet of his apostles at the last supper that's kind of seen as the initial ordination of them of uh, as Christ acts as the servant 
then he says, okay, so you are to serve one another. And so that's a kind of a place where the, the diaconate is rooted in the scripture and then talks about the right. So it was really good to kind of be quiet and, and reflective on what we are about to receive and we're like we're about to be servants. But he was pretty open. Like he didn't say, okay, I need you to like pray a holy hour on this passage or I need you to, you know, to yeah. just meditate on like this line of, of the ordination right. But it was kind of just like, okay, here's some material, like go with it. Nice. Uh, so the one thing that really stuck out to me was about spiritual marriage, really. So I've been kind of reading uh, St. Teresa of Avila, John of the Cross, and um, the highest form of prayer is union with God that Teresa of Avila describes as like spiritual marriage. God marries you. As the scripture says, as a young man marries a virgin, so your builder will marry you. Um, I believe that's in Isaiah. So anyway, I was just really focusing on that of like, okay, when I become a deacon, like I'm laying down my life and okay, it's a servant. But the aspect that really just was standing out to me was like, I am becoming married to the church in this way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's like a step towards the spiritual marriage to which like I hope to achieve. In this, Within the stages of prayer, every person, lay person, priest, sister, whatever, can achieve spiritual marriage. But like, here's an outward sign of that, of me laying down my life, becoming united with the church. So yeah, it was just kind of like focused on that of like, okay, Lord, why do you want to marry me? And like, (laughs) yeah, it's funny, but it was like, that was the, that was the core of my prayer for this retreat. It's like, okay, what, what about me do you want to, to take to yourself and, and, and make me your spouse? So yeah, it, it was really good. And our retreat was a little more relaxed. Like we kept quiet time but it wasn't a strict silence like okay nobody's going to be talking for five days mm-hmm. um so we had like social time at dinner each evening and then a couple conferences each day and a holy hour so it was generally a spirit of quiet until after dinner then it was like okay this is social time to like chat and and uh have conversation so i don't know for me it was just a really good atmosphere of i was grounded with my brothers in this fraternity father led us really well with his reflections but just like just for me personally, I felt drawn in prayer with the Lord towards this uh, reflection on marriage, and it was really probably the best retreat I've had. I think, <laughs> yeah. So, Dude, praise God. Yeah. Awesome. How about you, Andrew? How was your your last retreat with the seminary? Yeah. So up until right before you ordained a deacon, um, every year before that, the seminary takes you on retreat. Everything is kind of planned out for you as far as where you're going to go and how long is it going to be, who is your uh, director for that retreat, who's going to sit down with you every day and talk through and ask you how was your prayer, how is God moving in, in your heart and in your soul. So this year we went to the Mother Boniface Center, which is, I believe, in northeast Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So that was a wonderful time. Mine was also five days. Uh, it was a little more than just general quiet. <laughs> it mm. was total silence for, mm. well, as quiet and as silent as North Philadelphia, <laughs> Northeast Philly can be. <laughs> but it was it was really nice. 
So the director that I had didn't have anything planned. It's very much mm-hmm. sit down, talk about... I, I just talked to him about where my life is at right now, uh, how prayer has been over the course of the past year, what a different major events came up over the past year, how how are my relationships with my friends, with my family, and my relationship with our Lord. And taking all of that to prayer and really letting that be the starting point. And then every day building off of what prayer or what came up in prayer the day before. Mm. And I'm very much a man who likes structure. Mm. So I was very thankful that every day the priest I had would give me a quote-unquote homework. You know, he'd say, all right, I, I would like you to go um, spend, you know, three separate hours in the chapel. And, you know, for this first hour, pray with this passage. Mm. For this hour, pray with this passage. With this hour, pray with this passage. But something that was really uh, wonderful that stuck out this time around, because this was my fourth time going on a silent retreat, was being able to kind of come to a point in my prayer during one of those hours where there was that there's that real connection with God where I'm sitting in silence just listening for the voice of God listening for Christ to call out in some way and just being able to sit with that and stay there I forget what day it was I, I think it was my third my third day I kind of didn't want to be there part of me just wanted to go out and go for a run or go play football or do anything besides just sit in silence. And so I'm sitting in the chapel and I'm thinking, you know, this is really great praying, but I kind of want to just go back to my room. But it hit me. Well, what else would I do? (laughs) All I'm going to do is just sit in my room in silence. (laughs) So, so that kind of really helped, helped me stay in my prayer, Mm. stay in that time with Christ uninterrupted. So that was something that really, uh, really stuck out for me. Hmm. And going forward, um, a, a practice that's common with retreats is when you come to the end, uh, you make a resolution. Hmm. So just like, you know, in the rest of the world, everyone makes a New Year's resolution. Yeah. So kind of like that, something that I really enjoyed in this retreat was going and spending that hour in the chapel every day. So I made a resolution to Hmm. do that every day from the point that I left the retreat until hopefully the day I die. Mm -hmm. So, so far it's going good and has really been an anchor Hmm. um, to, to be able to stay rooted in those graces that God poured out during retreat and continue to keep myself open even as we've begun classes and the normal craziness and busyness and noise of the average day mm. and just living here at the seminary yeah and yeah to, to drew's point about like that's what a retreat is like it's drawing back from the world and yeah rallying your forces and strengthening yourself you know making yeah. a resolution so that's yeah. awesome yeah i think it was last year my usual spiritual director i talked to him after i came back from my retreat last year and he talked about that exact thing, but putting it in the context of scripture where at the moment of the transfiguration, 
the disciples that are there with Christ are like, this is awesome. Let's stay here. Mm-hmm. And as soon as the transfiguration's over, Jesus looks at them and he's like, all right, we're heading down the mountain. We're going back to living our normal mm-hmm. life. Yeah. But those men are changed forever. Yeah. They've seen the true face of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so that's going to affect the way that they relate with the other disciples, how they relate with Jesus, how they relate with just anyone and everyone that they come across in their day-to-day life. So it's good that they were there, but it is also good that they can take that and bring it to others. Yeah. Well, I have a resolution for you, listener, and that's to pray more. (laughs) (laughs) Very concrete. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, even if, if you can't pray an hour a day, you're not blessed with the existence of waking up early and having a chapel and mass but just to make a resolution to, to pray more often and know that the Lord wants that for you and he wants to draw you deeper into prayer. Like ultimately that that idea of spiritual marriage, of, of spiritual union with God is what God desires for every soul, not just like his special, his special little friends, like every soul he has made to be united with him. And so a way to do that is is through just deepening your prayer. Just pray a little every day. All it takes is five minutes a day to start. Yeah. You can always start by going to hallow.com slash Sam says. <laughs> that is hallow.com slash Sam says. You can't do an ad. <laughs> oh, this no. is how we get hallow to sponsor us. <laughs> we force their hand. <laughs> I've used them every day. Try not to sponsor us now, hallow. I dare you. They're <laughs> called hallow. People okay. are going to be going to your website and they'll be saying, where's Sam says? <laughs> well. April. Bye. Did I ruin your podcast? <laughs> <laughs>